Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We also like to look back at everything that transpired earlier in the day in the National Football League. And I said this at the start of this show. I said it with Zach on Ion Football. The team that impressed me most, just today's effort, not the two weeks combined, but just today's effort was the Buffalo Bills. Um, lose last week to Pittsburgh. Have to go down to Miami where they have their fair share of struggles, more so later in the season. And early in the season, good time to be going down there uh, early in the year and good to be facing a Dolphin team once to uh, a tongue below without. But, oh, by the way, two was doing diddly squat before he got hurt because the Buffalo defense truly came to play today. That's my take. Let's get the take of a guy who covers him day in and day out. He does so for the Buffalo News. Jay Skirsky joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. What do you say, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I agree with, uh, you know, a lot of what you just said. I thought, you know, really it was the defense, I think, that, uh, you know, was the story of this game, even, even uh, you know, with the team putting up 35 points, you know, scoring five touchdowns, I think. Quite frankly, they left plays out there offensively, and uh, it was just, uh, you know, really from start to finish, an absolutely dominating performance by the defense. Uh, first shutout, actually, in, in Sean McDermott's time as the Bills head coach, uh, which I think is a, is a pretty telling statistic, too. It's not easy to shut out teams in the NFL, and, and the Bills kind of made it look pretty easy today. And the defense did not play badly last week against Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, they, they didn't play well enough. Blocked punt keeps the defense on the field, which was a, a tough thing for them to have to handle during the one stage. But it wasn't like Pittsburgh moved the ball up and down the field, but they did come up on the short end of the score. Of the score. How much did the defense feel pressure heading into this week that they had to come out and play the kind of shutdown game that they played? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think the pressure was on the team as a whole, not not specifically on the defense. I mean, you know, uh, the, the loss to Pittsburgh was, was certainly disappointing. It would have turned into full-blown panic, though, had they lost this game to Miami and started the year 0-2, especially, you know, considering the expectations uh, that a lot of us have for this team. So, um, you know, def- speaking, you know, purely from a defensive standpoint, they had a focus on taking the football away. That's something that they didn't do against Pittsburgh, and we saw that today. You know, they had two turnovers in the first half, an interception and a, and a fumble recovery. But I think more impressively, impressively than even that, they held the Dolphins to 0 for 4 on fourth down. And, you know, turnovers on downs don't go as official takeaways, but in, in many ways they're accomplishing the same thing. So when you, when you add those in, I mean, that's six times that the, that the Bills came away uh, with, with the football from the Dolphins, and, and that's that's a really impressive big number. It, it you know kind of speaks to uh, a thirty-five to nothing you know type of an effort from the defense in particular. 
Bills came away with six sacks today, and that was not one of the games that I watched playing and play out, so please fill in the blanks for us. Um, aggressiveness, sending extra guys, just mano a mano beating their man, maybe the Dolphin quarterback holding the ball a little too much. When you get six sacks in a game, your defense has done the job. How'd they do it? Yeah, it started, you know, early. I thought Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, you know, called a fantastic game. I mean, they had two sacks on the first uh, three Miami plays, and both of the sacks were from members of their secondary, Taryn Johnson and Micah Hyde. So, you know, when you're getting creative with those blitz calls and, and they're working the way that they did, and then from there, I thought, you know, I just thought it was a snowball effect, you know, and it, it, the momentum just kind of seemed to pick up, and it, it was uh, they just came at you know whoever was at quarterback for Miami, whether it was Tua or you know Jacoby Brissett, the Bills just came at them in waves. I thought AJ Epinesa, even though he didn't have one of the sacks, played a really strong game. Uh, Greg Rousseau, their rookie first round draft pick, pretty cool story. He has two sacks, the first two of his career back in Miami in his in his hometown, so it was a pretty uh, special day for him too. But yeah, it was really top to bottom, uh, you know, the secondary covered well, and the uh, and the, the front four uh, did their jobs as well. I mean, it was just a complete performance defensively. Sometimes it can be a little tricky when you get a quarterback change in a game that you're not expecting, and no one expected to, uh, to come out of the game, but an injury can happen, and before you know it, you've got a different quarterback who might have a somewhat different skill set he couldn't tell from the Buffalo defensive performance today. I think that's got to be a nod to the uh, defensive coordinator as well to be able to put his guys in the right spot, even though the individual that you're trying to stop most, the quarterback, is a different one that you had been practicing for all week. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know what kind of a drop-off there is from, you know, Tua to Jacoby Brissett. And some people, I had a lot of people on social media today <laughs> suggesting that there's no drop-off and that you know, Jacoby Brissett might be right now at the moment, uh, you know, two is equal. And I think, you know, I don't follow the Dolphins that closely week in, week out to really know that. But I would say from the Bills' perspective, you know, things really didn't change when, when Jacoby Brissett went in. They, they kept the aggressive defensive game plan that I think they had in for Tua. And it's not like they, you know, they changed things with Brissett coming into the lineup. He was under just as much duress as Tua was early in the game. And, and again, I think that speaks to, as you said, the, the job that Leslie Frazier did. It was interesting hearing from Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer after the game. They basically said, listen, during the practice week, we love this game plan. We were really confident that we knew what the Dolphins were going to do and we knew how we, we were going to react to it. So, you know, I, I put a lot of uh, this performance today on, on the coaching staff. I think they really had this, had this Bills team ready to play. Josh Allen came up a little small week one against the Steelers in the loss at home after signing the new mega buck contract that's going to keep him in in Buffalo for years to come. Kind of answered the call today. Didn't have to put up mega yards. He didn't. They ran the ball effectively, but he made a couple of key passes when he needed to. Another guy who I'd like to know, uh, how did he handle the pressure? And you already said it wasn't as ratcheted as one might think because it was only one game. Had they lost today, might have been a different story. But there was some pressure on Allen going into this one. How did he handle it leading up to the game? Well, uh, you know, I'd say okay, I guess. Uh, you know, I'd give him like a maybe a B grade, you know, B minus, something like that. I thought there were – 
you know, a few throws, quite frankly, that he that he missed on. And I, I think this is a game, as uh, is, is crazy as it sounds, I, I think the Bills could leave this game, and, and when they watch film tomorrow, they might even say that they should have won this game by more, uh, particularly on offense in the first half. I thought it was a little bit uneven, a little bit sloppy. Uh, I will say that, you know, they started the second half with a, with a great drive, a 75-yard drive, uh, probably Allen's best of the day, and he caps that with a, a touchdown throw to Dawson Knox, their tight end. That one, you know, that makes the game 21 to nothing, and I think at that point it was, you know, pretty much officially over. But I thought the Bills really let the Dolphins hang around a little bit longer in the first half than they, than they needed to, and part of that was some struggles offensively. Zach Moss, their running back, uh, lost a pretty bad fumble. So there were some mistakes that they made offensively, and I think, you know, Allen would attest to that too. I think there were a couple of throws that he missed. Um, but, you know, when, when you're getting that kind of defensive, you know, defensive effort, it covers up some, you know, some maybe flaws or mistakes that they had offensively. And then, you know, in the second half, again, I think they, they really found a, found a rhythm uh, all sides of the ball, you know, offense, defense, special teams. In the second half, it was uh, really pure dominance. Jay Skirsky from the Buffalo News, their Bills beat guy, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, preseason, this was a pretty big deal, and you'll tell me how big a deal it was in the locker room. Cole Beasley was kind of outspoken about uh, not being a guy who was going to get the vaccination and was going to try and shoulder on without it. Uh, The Bills had some COVID issues in preseason. Other teams had more. They weren't the worst, but they weren't the least either. Is that still an issue in that locker room? Is it just something that is going to be there all year as big or minute as it is? Uh, How is that playing in the Bills room right now? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be there all year. I mean, I don't think it's causing any divisiveness. I mean, I think, you know, players know, (laughs) you know, everyone knows where Cole Beasley stands on this issue, right? I mean, he has been as outspoken as any player in maybe all of professional sports on the issue. And so, you know, is it going to cause an issue? Who knows? You know, you, you, it's hard to, it's impossible to predict that. Uh, we do know that they, the Bills have their fair share uh, of unvaccinated players, uh, more, uh, much more than the league average. In fact, it may be uh, the highest number of any uh, team in the NFL. So, could that create an issue down the road? Absolutely. It's, it certainly could. Uh, you know, are Cole Beasley's teammates, how do they view him? You know, I haven't really spoken with any of them privately to, you know, to, to get a feel or, or for any, you know, animosity that they may have or anything like that toward him. I would just say that, you know, it, the, you know, the potential is there for it to be an issue, certainly. Um, and, and it's impossible to predict whether or not that will come up. But, as long as they have unvaccinated players who are key players for this team, and Cole Beasley is one of them, they run the risk of, you know, potentially, of course, you know, he could test positive, so could a vaccinated player. But I think the bigger issue is, you know, the idea of the close contacts, uh, what that means in terms of having to quarantine for at least five days. You know, it's very easy that he could test negative, but because he came across somebody who was COVID positive, he could have to miss a game for that. So, it's certainly in the in the realm of possibility possi- possibility that this comes up during the season and negatively impacts them. All right, and I know this has got to be taken in the context of score and situation in each game. 
Josh Allen did run it five times for 35 yards today. Uh, seven yards a clip is not too shabby. Did break off a 15-yarder. I think that is still a pretty big part of his game. He is good when he pulls it down and takes off. I know most teams would prefer that quarterbacks keep that limited, uh, to throw the ball out of bounds, to take a sack here or there, that they don't want to see him put himself at risk. How has Josh been as a running quarterback these first two games, in your estimation, as compared to previous seasons? Has there been a change in either his attitude, his way of playing? And if so, are, are the Bills behind the way that his game has changed? Well, I mean, you know, I think he's uh, – I don't think he's changed his game really too much. I mean, I think if from the Bills' perspective, you know, they, they want to be smart. They want to be judicious when they when they call runs for Josh Allen and that makes sense. I mean, he's your franchise quarterback, but you know, you're paying him primarily to be a passer of the football, not to be a runner of the football. So I think um you know, I I think that, you know, when he runs, you know, it's it's effective. It's a weapon for them, certainly. You know, short yardage. We saw him can you know, convert a fourth down uh today that way. Uh scrambling, you know, when he can get out of the pocket he can make plays happen. But I think the Bills, like I said, want to sort of choose wisely when they use that weapon. They don't want to overextend him as a runner and, and risk him unnecessarily to, uh, to suffering an injury. All right, next couple of weeks, get two home games, which means three out of the first four games are going to be at home, and they'll be favored in both of those two games uh, versus the Washington football team next week and Houston coming to town the week after before you have to hit a couple of tough road games in Kansas City against the Chiefs and in Tennessee against the Titans, who got a good come-from-behind victory today. I uh, do want to – don't want to I, – I can do this. The Bills can't do this, but I can look past Washington and Houston that game against Kansas City, of course, is a rematch of last year's championship game, and most people had the Chiefs and the Bills ranked 1-1A as the top teams in the AFC coming in. It's relatively early in the season. How big a game is that for the Bills? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it'll be the game of the year for them, especially, if, like you said, if they handle their business here the next couple of weeks, go into that game at 3-1. and one. You know, obviously we know that, you know, the Chiefs are going to, you know, maybe be undefeated or they're going to have a strong record going into that game, too. I mean, listen, the, the Chiefs are the measuring stick for the Bills now. They're the team that they need to get past. You know, they lost to them twice last year, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. Uh, that's what this season is about for the Bills. It's, uh, it's about finding a way past the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly, you know, a measuring stick game. There's no other way to put it. You know, yeah, it is only week five. You know, the season isn't over with a loss. You know, in in the, in the, in the same way, they haven't you know won anything if they win the game. You know, it's not like they've clinched you know home field advantage or a playoff spot or anything like that. So, uh, you know, while it is still early in the year, I, I think you know for their psyche and you know what it what it could mean to them, uh, it's a big game. No no question about it. All right, you were there for all the post game stuff. How would you say uh, what kind of level of pride, confidence, call whatever you want, uh, does Coach McDermott have as the Bills have gotten out to a one-on-one start? Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty even keel after wins or losses. He's going to kind of give you the same line about, you know, staying humble and hungry and, you know, taking, you know, this game for what it was, you know, extracting the good from it in the film review tomorrow and, uh, you know, dissecting the bad and, and moving past it. So I don't think they're going to put – a heck of a lot into this game. Uh, I, I think they're going to 
you know, move on to Washington here, quite frankly, pretty quickly, as they should. I mean, they know. I think they've gotten their season back on track. I, I think that's the, the fairest way of, of putting it after uh, today's performance. You know, the, this is a team that has high expectations. They took a bit of a hit in the opener, but maybe in the long run that'll be, uh, you know, something that will help them in the sense that, you know, maybe that's what they needed to kind of get their heads on straight. Well, they got them. It sure as heck looked like they got them straight out, straightened out today with a thirty to five to nothing win over the Dolphins. Jay, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. We'll tap into you again later in the season. Anytime, thank you, Jay Skursky, uh, Bills beat reporter for the Buffalo News, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.